Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Modern Love Radio Podcast, where we always have the cutting edge for you about modern love. So how about this? I want to ask you a question. How negative are you? Yeah, how negative are you? How often do you say negative things, whether you say them out loud or in your mind? It doesn't matter. Negatives about yourself, about your life, about what you did wrong or what you regret. How negative is your thinking? And the reason I'm asking you to take a look at that is it has a huge impact on your love life. In fact, research shows that positive people have a better shot at going from dating to mating. And if you're positive as a mate, you're going to have a much healthier, happier marriage or committed partnership. And that's why you're going to love our guest this evening. We're talking to Shelley Roxanne, who is known around the globe as the architect of op- optimistic lifestyle. She's known as the queen of optimism. She created, in fact, something called, you're going to love this, the Negaholics Diet, and founded Optimistic You, along with a bunch of radio shows that tally listeners into the millions. She's got a new best-selling book called The Frustrated Believer, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And it's already being considered a new self-help standard. So get ready for a surprising, provocative, no-holds-barred wake-up call, negaholics out there. And you know I'm talking to you. Shelly's going to break down all of the self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors that keep you from getting the love and, yes, the success, the health, the money, anything else you want. All right, welcome to the show, Shelly Roxanne. How are you? I'm great, beautiful Dr. Brenda. How are you? Doing really well. Now let's start off with this thing you say about examining your own BS. <laughs> ah. That's funny because that is my probably one of my favorite chapters, even though each chapter is like a child, and so, you know, I have 50, because they're also favorites, but examining your own BS is essentially BS standing for belief systems, mm-hmm. and we all have BS, all of us have our own BS, and we live our lives through the filter of our BS through our belief system. We see everything that's happening through that. It goes through that, and that's how we interpret the world, whether something we perceive it as good or we perceive it as bad, through our own BS. 
so if you are experiencing frustration or unhappy with your life experience, you have to first examine your own BS because maybe your BS needs an upgrade. Okay, so you're saying that it's the glasses we're wearing, our own belief system that affects how we see the world. Now, how did you come to write this book, The Frustrated Believer, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do? And what's your story? What kind of BS were you carrying around there? <laughs> That's funny because uh, how I end up writing The Frustrated Believer was really uh, – because as a mindset coach, I was coaching a lot of people, and I was coming up with the same issues all the time. And I had threatened for the past nine years. This has been, you know, a threat for nine years that I was going to write a book. And everyone says, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. But I <laughs> needed to... So you threatened. <laughs> I threatened. So I was threatening for years. And finally... After I started seeing what was happening in the world and and the the shootings and the the racial division and the religious division and all the things happening, I said, "Okay, now is the time for this to happen. Now's the time to bring this out." And really, it took time for me to feel worthy of being a messenger, although I was doing my part out there and I felt that I had my own. Shows and I was doing all now, kinds so of things. Now, so you were already a negative person if you didn't believe no. that you were worthy. What was happening? No, for it was you? absolutely not negative. I was already the queen of optimism. I was absolutely that's okay, the whole thing. But back piece. up, back up with me now. Something in you from your BS said, "I'm not worthy." So where did that come from? What, what's your story? Well, okay, it really and and that's. I mean, it's all in the book. I tell all the the personal stories, but I will um, start out by saying one of the pieces was a big thing for me and one of the secrets, because each one of the chapters I call secrets, and one of the secrets is only the good die young. And the, the, the reason why that was impactful for me and that I felt was one of the secrets is I grew up, I had my parents were very well known. They were very popular in the community and in the state of New York. And uh, I wanted to be perfect. Okay, I'm a Virgo. And I was raised (laughs) by these people who had done an incredible job building their own reputation in the community. So I wanted to be perfect. Look perfect, be perfect, not take any risk, not do anything. If anything, I would have called it only the goody-goody die young. But because Mm. Billy Joel had called it, which was one of my favorite songs, only the good die young. So I called the secret only the good die young. But really it was trying so hard to be perfect. Mm. And that's really what my BS was that stopped me for nine years from releasing this book. Because I had to literally, and even to get it out, I had to take myself out of it and say, well, God wrote it, and I just wrote it down. Uh, and that made it easier for me. So for that you, your your whole thing, and a lot of people have this, because I've certainly encountered it myself and a lot of other people, if we can't be perfect and do it perfectly, we won't do it at all. Exactly. So it was a bit of 
trying too hard. All those people who write on their tombstone, I really, really, really tried. This is for you. Okay? And I want you to listen carefully to what Shelley Roxanne is saying because we all want to release our gifts, Shelley. So there are a ton of self-help books out there. How does the queen of optimism set herself apart? What's different about yours? Well, honestly, this is a love letter to the frustrated believer because I was that. I call myself a recovered frustrated believer. Mm. And, you know, so I was every single one of the secrets I lived, I experienced, I went through, so I can tell with confidence other people, listen, Elephants don't swat flies. That's one of my chapters. And that's really about the haters, you know, the people, even the haters in your own mind, because it's all in our own mind. I mean, I talk all about that, that everything we're experiencing is really in our mind. It's how we see it. And so elephants don't swat flies is all about, so what? You know, because I would always think, well, what if people said, this and such. What if people said that? Ah, worrying about what other people think. You know, yes. I have to tell you, I have a book I picked up a long time ago. All, I've never even read it. I just wanted it for the title. It's <laughs> called what, what You Think of Me is None of My Business. It it's really helped me get business. off that. Yeah, my mother was all about what other people think. So is that part of what leads people to be negaholics? They're worrying about what other people think? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because we're so, you know, uh, we're so consumed by the judgment of others. And that's why one of, uh, really my number one favorite chapter is Smash Your Give a Dammer. Smash Your Give a Dammer? Yes. (laughs) Smash Your Give a Dammer. I literally treat my Give a Dammer like it's a machine. Now, First, what is I a give a dammer? Wait, wait, wait. A give a dammer what is a give is a that dammer? Thing, okay, a give a dammer is that thing that makes you care so much about what other people think. And so you have to, we just, we don't, we can't give a damn, you know, and, and it's, I intentionally, I knew that it was going to be, ooh, it'd step on the, you know, the toes of some of the church mothers, but at the end of the day, I had to just tell it like it was and say, you can't give a damn. You cannot, because you have a message, like you said, we all have gifts to deliver to the world. And if I was waiting for your permission to do it, I would never do it. So I had to smash my give a damn. That's right. You can't wait for somebody else. Now, one of the things that you talk about is a negaholic diet. Yes. Exactly what's a negaholic diet? <laughs> well, first of all, a negaholic is someone who is addicted to negative. It's that person who they wake up in the morning and every device that they have, they are turning on to search out. They they have an energy that is seeking out negative information whether it is uh, on, I'm not going to name any of the shows, but any of the shows that are delivering negative or they go on to a website that they know they're going to get information that tells them 
who died, who was, what the terror alert is, how bad it is out there, because it makes them feel just a little bit better about their own lives. Reality television is really designed for the negaholic because drama is what sells. Why does it sell? Because people are negaholics. So Mm. I'm encouraging people to go on this negaholic diet only for 30 days, after which you are guaranteed to lose the weight of the world. Oh, okay. So the negaholic diet is all about people taking on something, can I say, to just feel bad about or gripe about or just keep that addiction to negativity going. Yes, I do know that people learn. I was talking to somebody just this afternoon who comes from a family that was just addicted to drama, addicted to drama, and her child had an issue, and her mother jumped in and said, she needs to go to a mental hospital. The child is crazy, and she started out like this. And I said, whoa, wait, 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 wait. You know, your child's actually not crazy. Your child's trying to get your attention and tell you something. Watch out for your mother's negativity and her drama because mom is all about that. So is that the kind of thing, is that the way people from your perspective are learning this negaholic way of being? Oh, of course. And we also, see, we live in, in a country that promotes drama. You know, it, it, it's everywhere that we turn. And now, you know, while social media is awesome, there are also things about it that can be detrimental to someone who is trying to live their life through a different set of glasses. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking only for 30 days that you follow the Ten Commandments to optimistic living for 30 days. That's all I'm asking. Give me 30. We can tolerate anything for 30 days. All right, 30 days to optimistic living. And what's the first commandment of the Ten Commandments? The first commandment is thou shalt watch your mouth. Thou shalt watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And it's all about what we speak. It's all about what we say, as you said earlier. You know, do you find yourself not just what you say to others, but what you say to yourself. Self-talk is so important. And Mm. so, uh, you know, every time I pass a mirror, I say, hey, beautiful, you know. Good (laughs) for you. you Excellent. And and it's, um, you know, it doesn't matter to me what other, again, because my give a damn or smash, what other people think about that. I need to do that in order to live this lifestyle that all right, I hear you. So you also in the book you quote a famous line from the movie Dirty Dancing, and you say that nobody Nobody put baby in a corner. corner. Now, what what does that mean, and how does it relate to exactly what it says? See, because you know that's the victim, that's the victim stuff, and that's one of the secrets. There is that you know we say you know. So-and-so did something to me. This one did something to me. I was raised, my mother, I would go to my mother, and I would say, Mom, you know, so-and-so did something to me. This person did something. And she would say to me, do the best you can for them. And I say, what? What are you talking about? 
do the best you can for them. This is what she would keep saying. Because there was a complaint-free zone. My house was a complaint. You were not allowed. There was no crying in baseball. My mother just wasn't having it. And nobody puts baby in a corner is the fact that only you put yourself in a corner. No one can do anything to you without your permission and your authorization. So you're not a victim. Life is happening for you and not to you. Hmm, that's a big switch because a lot of people are facing uh, real events that are, are upsetting, you know, illness, family members passing away. Yes. Very, very difficult to wrestle with that point of view when you're going yes. through something that's hard. So what, what do you recommend I know. for people well, who are really facing some tough situations? Right. Well, that's that's, again, the difference about... Uh, this book and what makes it different is that I talk specifically about the sudden loss of my mother who was completely healthy and and happy and we had just I had come from a photo shoot and and I came to the house and she was laughing and giggling we were having a wonderful time and I kissed her and said I love you and I went home and The next day, my father calls me and says, your mother's not responding. And I'm thinking, responding to what? What are you talking to her about that she's not responding? She took a nap and passed and transitioned in her sleep. Mm. So I understand about those things. At the same time, my mother-in-law was also diagnosed with pancreatic and colon cancer, and she lives with us. Pancreatic and colon cancer at the same exact time. So I've been there, done that with loss, and I talk about it in the book, not just the loss of my mother but the loss of other things and people and illnesses and all the things, you name it. So this was not said in a vacuum from someone who has not experienced those things. And yet I still say that each one of those things was happening for me and not to me. Now, what do you mean by happening for you? That's really an interesting distinction. Okay, because I see everything that happens to us as a gift, and I choose to unwrap the gift and get the message in there, get the lesson in there. I think we're all on a journey of growth, and, you know, as you say, to return to, to love, we're all on that journey. And so everything that is happening to us is actually happening to help us along the journey. So even when we have a loss, there is something, a gift wrapped in there, and we have to find the gift. Hmm. So what was and the I, gift for you, if it's not too personal for you to tell us, what was the gift for you in your mother-in-law and your mother? Oh, there were so many things because, well, for for instance, with my mother-in-law and her situation, um, the gift was that, that we learned there because what we did was we decided not to give cancer, invite cancer into the home. So we did not tell people, uh, and I'm really revealing now, you know, to a lot of people who didn't even know because we didn't tell people, thank God, that that's now been eight years she's cancer-free. And this was 
colon and pancreatic cancer, which mm. most of the time they tell you get your affairs in order, which is what happened. But we decided to approach it differently. She never signed for the package. It's as if someone is coming, FedEx, and they're going to deliver a package to you, and they say, here, this is what you have. So you're saying part of her overcoming the diagnosis was her mindset that you didn't accept it, she didn't accept it. Well, the doctor told her it is because of the optimistic environment that you live that you are still living because it is there's no other explanation why someone at her age at the time she was 75 at the time hmm. and there was no explanation how she was able to survive both of these except for the fact that it was her mindset and the environment that she was in hmm. got it got it So, you know, I have to back you up there. I've got to back you up because, Shelley, there was a lot of research that was published widely throughout the world showing that people who survived with HIV infection or people who survived with AIDS had one real distinguishing factor, and this is not to blame anybody who's ill or who didn't survive, and that was they had a positive outlook. Exactly. That it really does impact health, and there are a lot of, you know, complicated physiological reasons why that's true, but I want those of you, our audience knows that I was a scientist before a clinician, and there, trust me, there are reasons that an optimistic attitude changes the internal environment of your body. So, Shelley, I'm going to absolutely sign on with you, and I am so delighted that your mother survived. I am so delighted. So really quickly now, we're we're getting close to our time. I can't believe it's going I can't so believe fast because there's so much more I'd like to talk with you about. Yes. Now, there is a study that the NIH, National Institute of Health, just put out talking about stress, and you're saying that a negative attitude is a form of stress. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, really, it is, it's all about uh frustration and that takes you back to to you know the bs and really examining that but frustration actually and people it's the silent i call it the silent killer because when we ask people how are you and they say oh i'm fine i'm fine because it's just the stock answer but people really are not fine they're not fine and they're living that life of quiet so what desperation. what should people say when somebody says, how are you? Well, they should tell their truth. They should tell their truth, whatever that is. And, you know, first of all, people who ask it should really want to know it and not just be saying it. Um, and that is, there's also a so chapter if you're having there, a tough time, you feel like it's better to say, I'm having a tough time right now. Well, it's, it is, it is better to say because again it's about watching your mouth so you're not going to to speak something that you're not wanting to be your reality but you are speaking your truth to say I'm working on something I'm mm-hmm. praying about something or you're um, working you know, it through yeah I'm working yeah. it through you so know Shelley, so there's a positive you get the last way. 
Okay, you get the last bit of advice. We're right here where we're going to have to stop in a minute. What's the most important thing you want people to do? And by the way, everyone, let me give you Shelley Roxanne's web address. It's triple dub dot Shelley Roxanne, and that's S double Roxanne, R O X A double N E, triple dub dot ShelleyRoxanne.com. And, Shelley, is that where people can find out about the <laughs> negaholic diet, the 30-day diet? <laughs> they, they could go to ShelleyRoxanne.com as well as the thefrustratedbeliever.com. And the okay, well, Ten Commandments are actually yep. listed there. Oh, the okay, wait a minute. Where are the Ten Commandments, Frustrated Believer or Shelley Roxanne? Thefrustratedbeliever.com. Okay, everybody, that's where you're going to get the Ten Commandments to... Optimistic living for thirty days. Yes, that's right. To get on that negaholic Guaranteed. Okay, Shelley, parting shot. <laughs> okay, the most important. If I would leave anyone with anything, it is to recognize that it's not what it looks like. If you're experiencing challenges, if you're experiencing frustration, if you're experiencing. <sighs> Any kind of real issue in your life, understand that life is full of optical, I call them obstacle illusions. Uh Don't fall for the fake. You know, uh, what looks like opposition is actually an opportunity. Life is calling on us, demanding us to grow, and it's happening for you and not to you, if Great. I could stress All that. All right, Shelly Roxanne, we have to leave it there, but thank ah! you so much for joining us this oh, evening. Oh, my goodness, thank you, And Dr. bringing Brenda, a big so much. dose of optimism. Thank you so much. I, I love you. I oh, I love you thank back. You. Thank you so much. Great. All right, everyone, coming up, be sure you tune in next week. We're going to talk to Claudia Six. And if you know who she is, her name should be Claudia Sex because she's one of the most famous sex intervention coaches around. She's going to talk about erotic integrity, sacred bedroom secrets you must know. The week after that, we're going to talk to Dr. Kyra Bobinet from Stanford Medical Center who's going to talk about fearless New Year's resolutions and we all want to leave fear behind in 2015 in fact get rid of it so if you're listening to this before saturday december 12th join me live for a one-day live event it is free and it's the last live event i'm going to lead in 2015 and it's actually to look at what you learned in 2015 and what you're going to burn and leave behind in 2015. And, yes, we're going to actually burn it. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. All right, everyone, sending you so much love and blessings. Thank you to our great producer, LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to all of you. Good night.